this morning, I would like to just take some time and talk about Passover. Turn with me to Exodus chapter 12. Exodus chapter 12. Every year about this time, actually at each of the major holidays, I try to take a Shabbat and kind of focus on the holiday. Why? Because we need to remember. We need to remember. And uh, Passover is a holiday of remembrance. And uh, we easily forget. Did you hear, you know, this whole problem today with pictures? How many of you are a middle child? Any middle children here? Usually the middle children are forgotten. (laughs) There's like a thousand pictures of the first kid, maybe a couple of hundred pictures of the last kid, but the middle kid, he's forgotten. You know, I got like two or three pictures from my childhood. That's about it, you know. Um, But you know what's really bad today? Really bad today is that uh, people are using digital so much that nobody's really making prints anymore. So, I mean, now, my, you know, of course, digital came out really good digital in the last 10 years, I would, I would say. Uh, but uh, when our kids were growing up, we have a ton of pictures of Rachel, just a few pictures of Matthew. But you can, you can find those pictures in a large tub that my wife has, and she says one of these days she'll get around to going through that tub. And uh, it's just a big bend. And, uh, but because back then they didn't really have digital pictures, you would take pictures and you would print the pictures out, and often you would get duplicates of pictures, and they would then go into, for in our experience, this tub for future availability. Now everything's digital. So if we wanted to take a snapshot of this place, more than likely we would take a digital snapshot, and then we would put it on a, uh, for us, we would put it on the server, and we would store it. We would keep the memory electronically. We would never print it out. And, and unfortunately, that memory will probably never surface again. Because if you're not careful, hard drives crash. Data is lost. And so they're saying an entire generation of memories are going to disappear with Facebook pages. They'll be stored someplace. I don't know if we want to know where. But memories. It's easy to to forget how important memories are. Where would you be without that picture of yourself when you were a little kid and you had that awkward expression on your face? God wants us to remember. God wants us to remember important things about who he is and about what he has done. Passover gives us that opportunity. And so we're going to be looking at it this morning. And specifically this morning, what I want to do is encourage us to consider Passover for us as Jews in terms of our physical redemption, but all of us as believers in terms of our spiritual redemption. Passover is a very powerful tool to remember all that God has done for us. So Exodus chapter 12, Exodus 12, and I'm going to be reading verses 14 through 20. We could read the whole section, but we'd run out of time. So I want to read the pertinent portion this morning. Verse 14, it says, This will be a day for you to remember and celebrate as a festival to Adonai. From generation to generation, you are to celebrate it by a perpetual regulation. For seven days, you are to eat matzah. On the first day, remove the leaven from your houses. For whoever eats hametz, leavened bread, from the first to the seventh day is to be cut off from Israel. On the first and seventh days, you are to have an assembly set aside for God. On these days no work is to be done except what 
uh, each must do to prepare his food. You may do only that. You are to observe the festival of matzah, for on this very day I brought your divisions out of the land of Egypt. Therefore you are to observe this day from generation to generation by a perpetual regulation from the evening of the 14th day of the first month until the evening of the 21st day you are to eat matzah. During those seven days no leaven is to be found in your houses. Whoever eats food with chametz in it is to be cut off from the community of Israel. It doesn't matter whether he is a foreigner or a citizen of the land. Eat nothing with chametz in it. Wherever you live, eat matzah. All right, those are the first 20 verses. Now, take a look at verses 42 through 51. 42 through 51. It says, This was a night when Adonai kept vigil. Actually, let me stop. So they celebrate the holiday. They, they celebrate the, fee, the, the festival. They have all that lovely food from the, and the unleavened bread and the lamb. And uh, God sent out his angel of death, and the firstborn all died of Egypt. And then it says, This was a night when Adonai kept vigil to bring them out of the land of Egypt. And this same night continues to be a night when Adonai keeps vigil for all the people of Israel throughout all their generations. Adonai said to Moshe and Aaron, This is the regulation for the Pesach lamb. No foreigner is to eat it. But if anyone has a slave he bought for money, when you have circumcised him, he may eat it. Neither a traveler nor a hired servant may eat it. It is to be eaten in one house. You are not to take any of the meat outside the house, and you are not to break any of its bones. The whole community of Israel is to keep it. If a foreigner stays with you, staying with you, wants to observe Adonai's Pesach, all his males must be circumcised. Then he may take part and observe it. He will be like a citizen of the land, but no uncircumcised person is to eat it. The same teaching is to apply equally to the citizen and to the foreigner living among you. All the people of Israel did as Adonai had ordered Moshe and Aaron. On that very day, Adonai brought the people of Israel out of the land of Egypt by their divisions. Now, points I want to make. First, verse 14, the Jewish people are to remember Pesach forever. This is not a thing we are to take lightly. And I would go and I would extrapolate that out and say that all believers, all those who profess to, to believe in the God of Israel, really need to take the holiday of Passover and remember it. They don't have to remember it like we do as Jews. That's not the point. Okay? But to remember what God has done, that is the point. There is tremendous value in remembering the redemption that God provided in Egypt. Second point in, in regards to this holiday is, is according to our Haftorah portion, this holiday will be celebrated in the kingdom. Right, a lot of that we don't understand. But there is such an important nature to this demonstration of God's power and God's redemption that it will occur in the kingdom when Yeshua reigns. We saw that in Ezekiel 45 this morning in the Haftor. We already read it. But I want to talk about something else. I mean, we, I think everybody here would say, yeah, we need to remember Passover. Okay, we got it. I want us to understand, though, that, ho that the Passover holiday requires restriction. Okay, you can't celebrate Passover with a ham and cheese sandwich on Wonder Bread. That is, as I think as Vlad would say, that's evil. Right? That's evil. Knowing what the Lord your God says, and then we basically say, we're going to do whatever we want. That's, that's certainly not godly. Passover is a holiday of restriction. You cannot say you're celebrating Pesach if you're not following the clear instruction of God. So we're going to look at this text. First again, verse 15, the holiday is seven days. Now, 
listen carefully. My wife is a good Jewish girl from Morton Grove. She went to, to Hebrew school and hated it. She got bat mitzvah down the street over here at Temple uh, at Kol uh, at all right? Uh, celebrated Passover with her family all growing up. And every once in a while, she'll still say, how many days is Passover? <laughs> okay. The reason is, according to the Torah, it is seven days. All right, so how many days is Passover? Seven days. Now, because we live in Galut, we live in diaspora, the tradition has been to add a day, to add a day. And so often on the calendars, you will see that Passover is eight days. And if you have friends who are traditionally oriented, whether they are Orthodox, conservative, or Reformed, they may celebrate eight days of Passover. You'll notice on our sheet that I list when Passover begins. I don't tell you when it ends. It is at least seven days, okay? If you choose to observe an eighth day, that's fine. I got no problem with it. I go back and forth in it myself. But biblically, scripturally, Torah speaking, it is a seven-day holiday with an additional day added by tradition. So how many days is Passover? Seven. According to tradition, how many days is Passover? Three. All right. Do you notice the difference? Very important. All right. It's not four days long. Okay. It's certainly not 20 days long. So when we're going to say we're going to keep the holiday of Pesach, Passover, we realize that it is a seven-day holiday. Now, there are restrictions on food. As we jokingly said, you cannot celebrate Passover with a ham and cheese sandwich on Wonder Bread. Can't do it. No leavened products. Now, again, there's all kinds of traditions. You know, it's times like this, I wish I was a Sephardi Jew. Sephardic Jews can eat rice by their tradition. Ashkenazi Jews can only eat matzah. Otherwise, lots and lots of protein and dairy, okay? So, you know. Uh, but, but the stress is on not eating any comets. No leavened products. No leaven. Okay? No yeast. That's the real point. No yeast. So, whether you are really, really strict, you decided to just be very traditionally kosher for Passover, or you just want to follow the simple biblical instructions, the basic component is not to eat leavened products. How do you handle that at Passover? Well, it, um, it can be a bit tough, all right, in the sense that if, if you really want to be, and Alan's wife is very, very strict, so she's already been cleaning the house, right? Uh, that means that if you're used to eating Cheerios, you're going to have to get rid of the Cheerios and eat kosher for Passover Cheerios, which taste nothing like Cheerios. Okay? Our biggest struggle growing up was that all Matt would eat was cereal. And so Passover was a horrific experience in my house when he was growing up. He's gotten used to it now. But, but uh, I would challenge you, you know, as followers of Messiah Yeshua, as Jewish people, keep the holiday, avoid yeast. And, and what's wonderful is that this restriction for us is a spiritual, can be spiritually applied, like in a fast sense. Because that's in many ways, I think, uh, in its most basic sense. God is telling us to fast the yeast as a symbol of, well, as a sign of our obedience and submission, as a remembrance of the speed of redemption, 
because the unleavened bread reminds us of the speed of redemption, but also uh, yeast, leaven often as a, is used as a symbol of sin, the symbol of sin, and so really very carefully scrutinizing our lives during the period of Passover, considering our lives and the things that displease God and applying this toward our spiritual growth and development. Now, I speak a lot in a lot of churches at this time of year, and I, you know, I'm not challenging them in terms of, of their traditions. I'm not trying to, to uh, challenge them in terms of their practice or tell them they have to keep Passover, but I love to teach them of the principles of Passover. And, and the unleavened bread is a tremendous sy- a symbol of our Messiah Yeshua. And so this holiday for us can be just a, a really wonderful object lesson for our spiritual growth and development. Regardless, uh, please, don't eat leaven for the seven days or eight days of Passover and, and, and take that obligation as a Jew seriously for yourself. If you're going to take a sandwich to school or to work, make it matzah and uh, whatever you like in between. Uh, for me, that's lots of mayo with some, some sliced turkey and salt and pepper, which is what I had when I was growing up. Okay. Also, we're supposed to eat lamb and bitter herbs. We do not eat lamb today by tradition because of the destruction of the temple. Uh, um, In fact, really traditionally speaking, no Jews eat lamb except for a very small segment of the uh, Sephardic Jewish community from North Africa. Uh, And uh, so if you ever meet Jewish people that eat lamb at Passover, and I don't know what the Karaites do, but but, I mean North African Jews will, will sometimes hold on to lamb. And, and that's fine. You know what that tells us is that their tradition of eating lamb goes back before the temple's destruction, more than likely, uh, which is uh, something interesting. But generally we eat uh, la- uh, chicken, uh, although I think uh, in our home we always eat brisket, which is lovely, uh, if it's cooked well, all right? And my wife's a good cook. Okay. And the bitter herbs, you guys all understand that. But these are elements we, are, we, are, we must eat. We must eat. The lamb was biblically a reminder of the lamb that had given its life. Today we don't eat lamb to remind us of the loss, but the bitter herbs to remind us of the bitterness of slavery. And for again, spiritually speaking, how many of us are enslaved to, to, to a, a, a sinful habit in our lives? You know, when we eat bitter, er, bitter uh, herbs or bit, bitter things at, at Passover, you know, we can remind ourselves... To, to seek renewal, spiritual renewal in regards to things we have enslaved ourselves to. Because being a slave to anything, to anyone, but the Lord your God will only bring bitterness into your life. A uh, couple other points. Originally, uh, the Passover was cele- to be celebrated in one home. We see that all the way into the first century when the temple stood, people had to eat Passover within the city walls of Jerusalem had to be eaten in a certain way, and uh, the food was, uh, uh, I mean, there, there's, there's Talmudic stories of uh, limitation in regards to, to the lamb. If, if, the, if, there's so, if there's only so much room and a piece of the lamb happens to be sticking outside the walls of Jerusalem, that part had to be cut off. <laughs> it was no longer appropriate to be eaten because it's outside the walls of the city of Jerusalem. But a restriction of place, a uh, restriction in regards to the breaking of the bones, uh, when Messiah Yeshua ate the uh, last Seder meal, that Seder meal with his disciples, it was Yeshua and 12. That's, those are the numbers that were there. And we never talk about it, but you know, there's not a lot of meat on a lamb 
a little lamb when you can't break the bones. Okay, so traditionally people would sacrifice a lamb. They would also sacrifice a bull, the Chagiga offering, the additional sacrifice, because there's not a lot of lamb that you can eat at Passover unless you take the lamb apart, which is prohibited. And it's, of course, interesting that it, uh, this is cited in, in terms of Yeshua. Yeshua's bones were not broken in the crucifixion. Uh, traditionally, the Romans, they didn't want people hanging around literally all day, and so they would break the legs of people. We know this historically. They would let them suffer, and even the Romans, they had, besides the time pressures, they, you know, the Romans had some heart, and so after a few hours of misery, they would take clubs and they would break the legs of the crucified individuals so that they no longer could could lift themselves up and breathe. It's, it's, again, it's complicated. I can give you something to read if you really want to read about it. But they were dying of, of suffocation because of the process of crucifixion. And the breaking of the legs meant they could no longer lift themselves up on the tr- on the you know from their legs to, to get a breath of air, and they would soon die. Yeshua gave up his life as an atonement for our sin. And what's interesting about that, I want you to know Yeshua bled and suffered, but ultimately his death came about due to suffocation. Because he gave up his life willingly. You ever think about that? That's a heavy thought. His death on our behalf, a willing sacrifice, suffering like crazy. And they knew he was dead because the guy uh, took a spear, pierced his side, and saw that the, the process of death had already begun physically in his body. But his bones were not broken in keeping with the, uh, the prophetic statements within the scriptures. Finally, there, there's a restriction in terms of participation. Uh, verse 43 says... Um, uh, no foreigner is to eat it. No foreigner is to eat it. And there was a restriction. This restriction was later lifted. But basically the only way you could celebrate Passover within the first couple of books of the Torah was basically you had to be an Israelite, you had to be a circumcised slave of an Israelite, or you had to be somebody who came within the community of Israel again through circumcision. All right, So limited, limited participation. And of course that changed uh, later on within the... Uh, later on we get the book of Deuteronomy. Okay. Finally, the last thing I want to mention is the uh, what we noticed in verse 42. Passover is a holiday of remembrance. Passover is a holiday of restriction. But Passover is a holiday of resolve. Of resolve. And this is fascinating to me. I want to read this verse again. In verse 42 it says, This was a night when Adonai kept vigil to bring them out of the land of Egypt. And this same night continues to be a night when Adonai keeps vigil for all the people of Israel through all their generations. Now, again, every once in a while I'll say we are so secular in our mentality. We are so secular in our mentality. And I think we need to look for for ways to combat it as followers of Messiah Yeshua. Because what we believe is absolutely supernatural. Absolutely supernatural. Okay? It's spiritual. It is beyond what we can see. And the text basically says that on Monday night, the 18th, that God holds a special vigil with Jewish people in regards to the Seder meal, in regards to this evening event. We take very lightly 
dates and times. I think that even as Jews who believe in Yeshua, we've been a bit infected by those who look in the New Testament text and basically everything is is the same. There's no distinctions and differentiations. And I think we miss out on, on what the Orthodox Christians call the mysterium. The mysterium. You know, I had a great uh, time on Thursday. I was hanging out with a bunch of Anglicans. Do you guys know who Anglicans are? I mean, it was so different. These are, these are Christian people. They're what they call high church. They wear like big crosses and they wear brightly colored clothing or just straight black. And they wear collars. They are very liturgical Christians. And what was great, I was there representing Messianic Jewish synagogues. All right, representing the union with a bunch of these guys. And they were talking about their love for the gospel. <laughs> now, when you think of high church people, you usually don't think of that. They were, but they were radical about their faith, radical about their love for Yeshua, and radical about proclaiming the gospel to people. We had a wonderful time in fellowship. And the one guy who was there, he calls himself an Anglo-Catholic. He's a bishop. All right? Bishops are big people, not just physically, but they are big people. And he, was pa- and, and he was talking about his, his Anglo-Catholic kind of an understanding. And what he meant by that is he believes in what the Orthodox call the mysterium. And, what, and, and this we often lack. It's almost, but not quite, because I don't want to give too much credence to what we see in the Hasidic movement in terms of the moving of the spirit in Hasidism. It would be akin to some extent what we see in the charismatic movement of, of the Christian church in regards to the, the, the moving of the spirit. Okay? But even then, I think it's a bit different because uh, for, for uh, these bi- this, this bishop, he was articulating how the liturgical aspects and the calendar and all these things have innate meaning in and of themselves in how God moves and works and, and things like this. So, as Jews, we must remember that the Spirit of God does work and move and act. And here we have in the text a date a date where God, in essence, wants to remind us that he has a date with us on the calendar. The evening of April 18th, all right, the 15th of Nisan, right, God will meet and hang, chill, whatever word you want to use, with his people in a unique way. He doesn't do it all the time. What are you planning on doing on the 18th? of April. Are you going to have a Seder? Are you, going to, are you going to set the day aside? Are you going to make it special? This biblical text says you should. This text says you should. It's your obligation as a Jew to do it anyway. That's Leviticus 23. It's a whole other sermon, but I don't want to do it today. But, but I'm going to say you should because you should take advantage of the opportunity to hang with God in a very special way on April 18th after the sun goes down, remembering his Passover, remembering what God did for you. You know, if you're here and, and you don't have any plans for Passover, talk to me, all right? If you've got your family and your family doesn't normally do much for Passover, well, I encourage you to talk to me too, <laughs> you know? Being, you don't have to have a long traditional Seder to, 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 in essence, do what God expects us to do on the 18th of April. For you to just gather and remember, you know, have, have some, some good food that's relevant to the holiday, you know. 
even if that means ordering in some uh, some roast chicken from from Jewel or Hungarian kosher, you know, I have to throw in the kosher. Eating some matzah, grabbing a haggadah, or at least reading through the scriptures, and spending some time remembering what God has done. We should do that as Jews, because it again says in the text, this same night continues to be a night when Adonai, that's Adonai, the name of the Lord our God, keeps vigil for all the people of Israel through all their generations. That's scripture. And that's pretty cool. First night of Passover, the 18th, I'm going to be with my family, my wife's family, generally not believers. They hate long satyrs. They love picking on me throughout the night. But as we are there, and we remember that holiday, and we encourage them to remember that holiday, I can only pray and believe that God is there with us, making an impact on them through us because of the Spirit of God living within us. So something to chew on, something to think about, something to consider. Besides uh, resolving to keep the day because God has made a date with us in regards to the date, I think it's also important for us to, to exercise our resolve by obeying God and observing Passover. We talked about it earlier, but, but to really understand that as followers of Messiah Yeshua, this is our holiday and God expects us to keep it as a sign of his faithfulness. Uh, imagine if you were the firstborn coming out of Egypt and you were marching out and you happened to be leaving a part of, of, of where you were at in Goshen that was near the mortuary and they were stacking up all the bodies of the firstborn killed and you as a firstborn of Israel had lived. Wouldn't you feel just a wee bit grateful? Just a wee bit grateful for what God had done for you. We need to all be grateful. Imagine the people coming out that, that next day immediately, the speed of redemption, being freed from what God had done. Yet when you look at biblical history, you see that we tended to forget. <laughs> tended to forget the holiday of Passover. We didn't keep it. We didn't observe it. It's almost a barometer of our spiritual growth and development. It's it really an indicator of our commitment to the Lord our God. You know, I encourage you to keep the holiday. If you, I, I tell you, I say this every year. I wish everybody would take me up on this. But trust me when I say, if you will, will honor God in your life with your calendar, God will honor you. So I challenge you, if you can, take the day off of work. Don't work on Pesach. First day and the last day. But certainly don't work the first day. If you're in school, take the day off. Don't go to school. Set the day aside. It is a day the Lord has given to us to remember him and to honor him. And uh, give it some thought to, to sincerely exercise your resolve to celebrate the holiday of Passover this year. And again, if you need, you know, had questions or whatever, you let me know. It's like we should uh, more and more take um, the instruction we see in the New Testament, the book of Acts uh, 21, Acts 15, where the Jewish believers are zealous for the Lord their God in, in living out his instruction because they, they really appreciated all that God had done for them. Well, a couple of conclusions. One, Passover foreshadowed the coming of Messiah Yeshua and his sacrifice as the ultimate Passover lamb. If you are here and have never personally applied the blood of Messiah Yeshua to the doorpost of your heart, do so today. Remember Yeshua as your personal Passover. He died for you. That's the truth of the text. And we need to admit our sin, 
believe in what Yeshua has done and commit our way to him. Second, as believers, we need to remember our Passover from spiritual slavery to God's freedom through Messiah Yeshua. Do you remember where you came from? This is an interesting point. I didn't touch on it at all today, but do you remember how far you've come since you became a believer? Some of us in this room can, you know, can voice all kinds of change that God has brought into their life and their gratefulness to, to God's redemption. We demonstrate our appreciation by following God's instructions and just recognizing the change God has brought by his goodness through Yeshua's sacrifice. Are you still grateful for all that God has done for you? Spend some time during Passover and contemplate your spiritual Passover and resolve this year to go deeper in your commitment to God and your faith in Messiah Yeshua. And then finally, as members of the Jewish community, we must remember to keep the holiday of Passover with zeal and excitement, even if it means we have to eat matzah, which I personally hate. Get the leavened products out of your houses. I encourage you to do that. Clean. clean well, clean's always good. But, but get the leaven out. Get the comets out of your house. Or if, uh, if that might be too much because you have to throw out a lot of stuff, you can uh, move it. Move it out of the kitchen. Move it someplace uh, and just separate it. Uh, and, uh, but make a statement, in essence, of your desire to diligently uh, keep the holiday of Passover this year. Uh, refrain from eating leavened foods during the holiday, even though you love them. Dying for that bagel, chased by a good piece of lox, but decide you are going to refrain, refrain for the glory of God. And then finally, practically apply, uh, more important than anything, practically apply the spiritual truths from these scriptural commandments to your life as a follower of Messiah Yeshua, so that you might grow stronger in your relationship with the Lord. Let's close in a word of prayer. God, we thank you so much for the truth of your word and the challenge of it. We thank you, God, that you have given us good holidays and you have given us great object lessons to encourage us, God, in our following you. Help us, God, to take this seriously. Help us to make the most of this. And I pray that this year at Passover that we might find many people, family and friends, who would finally come to genuine faith in Yeshua by accepting his sacrificial death as our ultimate Passover lamb. We thank you again for your love, for us individually, for your love for Israel, and your love for all people in providing for us atonement. We pray all this in Yeshua's name.